Given all the hills and terrain surrounding Violet Valley, it's a common pastime in the region for people from the cities and towns to go camping out in nature recreationally. However, just in the last month, nearly a dozen groups or individuals have gone camping in the hills and never returned. Citizens of Violet Valley have been warned not to leave population centers as they have reason to believe something monstrous may be lurking in the woods. Hey, and what's up? Welcome to Questopedia, a character and world building podcast. I'm Brian Perry. I'm Houston Bodley. And I am Jake Bush. And it's time for it's time for the time for the monsters to come out. That's what I that's what they say in in Superlinks. <laughs> the monsters. This is I, I think uh peeking behind the curtain a little bit. We did label this, or rather, Jake, you came up with the quest for this one. You labeled this as our Halloween episode. Yep. <laughs> and we are recording this a week after Halloween. And by the time people listen to it, it'll probably be like two months after probably Halloween. Probably be Thanksgiving, maybe Christmas. So yeah. True. So it's our holiday. Uh, it's our the ho- holiday it's, special. No, no, no. It's our, it's, our, it's our spooky autumn episode. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> you could just um, say it's our autumn episode because it's still like, you know, the leaves are still crunchy outside. It's getting yeah. cooler. Yes, and Halloween is over. it fits but... in to one of the, the geographical oddities of Shivalo and the whole planet of kernel the the months are randomized right nothing matters and this i think that true. leads into our 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 world building prompt a little bit yes it does or i don't know if it leads into it but it's something i wanted to remind everyone of before we went into this discussion <laughs> thank you because i would have totally forgotten that. and i i had to sit here for a second and go what was the world building prompt yes the world building prompt is uh in this world that we are creating what holidays would people in Violet Valley celebrate and how would they celebrate them? And what would be some like examples of cultural holiday traditions that people get really into? So you, you actually said two different things there. Well, I said several things. Basically, <laughs> well, ho- holidays. You said two different scales. So you said in Shivalo, and then you said specifically in Violet Valley. And I think those could be different answers. You know what I mean? I think we should just focus on Violet Valley since that's been the focus yes. of this three episode and, arc. And in my defense, I did not say Shivalo. I said in this world we are building. Ah, okay. And so that world being currently Violet Valley. Got it. Okay. Violet Valley. Not, not the rest of the colored valleys. We're not doing the rest of Superlinks. Just Violet Valley. Mm, no, I, uh, Violet, all our, all like, our quests have been focused on Violet Valley so far. Yeah. I mean, we have characters coming out of the valley. That's true. Still I think leading up to there. like Violet Valley. But, you know, we, we mentioned last episode, we established that there's like Blue Valley and Red Valley. Like those are like sub like smaller valleys surrounding Violet Valley. So it's like the region of Violet Valley, not the entire like well, the continent. region's called Superlinks. Okay, well, oh, the sub the sub region, Violet Valley okay. and surround greater greater metropolitan the, and rural Violet Valley. The cooler Valley. colored valleys. <laughs> yes. The cooler colored the, valleys. Yeah, the colored valleys. The color region. That's yes. the province within Superlinks is colored valleys. No, but all the <laughs> the colored valleys cover the entire continent. Dang it. Okay, Violet Valley and friends. Yeah, yeah. And they, that's why I said like the, the cool colored valleys. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like blue and violet and the indigo isles. But we could say sure. but but we can just say like what are the holidays, you know, established in Violet Valley, so maybe surrounding valleys also share in those same traditions cuz they're close by. How about this? Holidays, I think holidays have to be kingdom wide. It'd be weird if you're in a kingdom and you don't have consistent holidays throughout. But the tradition... How do they celebrate from them? place to place. Right. Yeah. That's how I would think about it. Like, everyone has Christmas on Earth. Well, uh, not everybody. Right? There is Christmas. There is Christmas everywhere on Earth where there are people. Even people um, who aren't aware that there is Christmas. Right. People who aren't <laughs> celebrating it or whatever. Um, do they know it's Christmas is what I'm asking. Um, <laughs> but the traditions vary a lot. That's how I would think about it. Right? At least among the whole kingdom or maybe in the whole Shivalo, the holidays are probably somewhat consistent. But we're talking about... Once we figure that out, what are the traditions for Violet Valley and the surrounding area, maybe? Yep. So here's my first question for all of this. As we talked about, the seasons are random year to year. Now, we'll always get the set same seasons, but you might get autumn first and then spring. Well, and you might get the months are even random, too, right? So you might yeah. get a month of winter and then you get a month of summer, that kind of thing, because they're tied so, to the moons. So here's my question. Are the holidays 
tied to the randomness of the the months of the seasons. For example, that, yeah, Thanksgiving is kind of celebrating the bringing in the harvest before winter. It, do we have a similar situation where it's like, well, we can kind of guess that maybe winter is coming soon because we haven't had one yet. Do we have like a like a last festivus meal or whatever we want to call it before the presumably be winter's coming? Well, yeah, like what if it's like. It's always whenever we have had the third autumn moon. That, that's what year, I was going to say. Yeah. Like that. That's when you could tie a holiday like relative months. Like it, it is even despite the randomness, there is a rule to when it when the holiday falls. It and could that be is the like third every month third of the year, autumn. It could be the 11th month of the year. Yeah. Not the 12th because the 12th is a winter moon and it's always this. That's the only moon that is constant. Yeah, I like that because then like some people might have like a favorite holiday and, you know, the next season rolls around. They're like, oh, my gosh, we get this holiday. So I think they're I think let's focus on maybe the harvest holiday, right? Whenever the third the third autumn moon rises, we say, OK, cool. This is our last our last harvest month. Although we don't know how the growing seasons work with the randomized whatever. But I, I still think the, the vibe still works. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I guess, with the holidays, because there's probably some of these come about culturally and whatnot. I do think it's important if these are official holidays and there's some sort of celebration or designation to them. I think we want to instill a, a branch of the monarchy government in this region called the chamber of seasons. And Ooh, they are just, that's powerful. They I are going to say, but I like the name. I, I like too. the name too. I was going to say Chamber of Holidays, but Chamber of Seasons just sounds more ethereal in my mind. Definitely sounds like um, a Harry Potter book. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter and the, the Chamber first of draft Seasons. Of one of them. Um, anyway, so the Chamber of Seasons, they're all about, they're just a really big party planning committee. And their whole thing is how do we boost morale in the region, get people excited, get things organized when we have basically a month's notice because yeah, we... Right. Uh, November 1st comes, but it might have come right after June. And so we have 29 days to put together a celebration and yeah. proclaim to the Lamb, hey, in case you're, uh, in case you forgot, this is Third Moon Festival this month. I, I also come to the main town and we got a huge pumpkin bash going on or whatever it is. Yeah. I also think, like, even among residents, that, that level of um, unpredictability. Will, would influence the way that they celebrate things. Because, like, imagine if it were that way with Christmas and all of a sudden, like, June 1st rolls around and only then do we realize, oh, crap, it's Christmas in 25 days. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You don't have, you don't have like, about... months and months and months to plan ahead. Right. I was also thinking about, like, maybe there are some constant holidays, right? Some you could just say, this is always in the first month, regardless of the season. Because we have and a lot of holidays that have nothing to do with the seasons. We got a New Year's and a Christmas, essentially. Yeah. Well, but I, even like, like the 4th of July has nothing to do with what season it is, right? The celebration of it right. is geared around summer activities because it's in the summer. But like, it's not in the summer because of the summer. Arbor Day, um, I still have no idea when that is. It's probably in the spring, right? I, so I made a tree holiday. I, I think it's in September. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'm not positive. another another reality that you'd have to consider living in this world is say you've been through nine months of the year already and you realize, wait, we haven't had a winter month yet. That means we're guaranteed that the last three months, we're going to get three months in a row of winter, something that we in the real world deal with all the time. Right. But yeah. in in Colonel in Shivalo, like that's pretty rare. It's like super rare, probably to have yeah. three months in a row. Uh, I'll be, or I'll, I'll be the same season. So I could see the Council of Seasons needs to like really put together something big. Like, hey, we're going to have to buckle down a little bit because we're not going to have a harvest for a while, right? We're going to have three months of right. winter. So we're going to be sparse for the next few months, but let's start it with a party. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're probably also beyond just being a party planning committee. They also are probably helping with like food storage and right. distribution and whatnot. They're doing some helpful logistics, just raising the morale of the people, whether that is through celebration or for through preparation. Yeah. So, so I don't, I, yeah, I think, I feel like we could talk about this like all episode, but, but I, I want to like identify at least one, maybe two examples of like, okay, 
What is the autumn holiday? What's it called? How do they celebrate it? Let's yeah, let's do autumn since that's what we're in in real life. Um, I, I think that could be our primary holiday. We just really uh, hone in on this third autumn moon celebration. Um, one, one idea I like is you you get to have a bigger celebration the more consecutive autumn months you get in a row, right? So like the first autumn month of the year, you have a celebration because it's autumn. I think I think harvest is universal, right? The idea of celebrating harvest, at least on Earth, I think pretty much every culture has something. Um, yeah. And so I like that idea. But then it's like, oh, we get two in a row. Things are especially about it. You have a bigger party. And it like builds. And then, I don't know. It's not like specific. So, but I like the idea of it being bigger the more harvest months you have in a row. So and I this think the season is just called Harvest. This is an interesting concept I've been playing around with in my mind as like a homebrew subclass. Uh, and it's something called a season sorcerer where the idea Ooh. is their magic is kind of tied to the seasons. And they so like I, I've gone through a few different ideas where like one of the abilities might be depending on the season, that's the type of damage you can transition your spells to be. So like if it's summer, it can be fire. If it's yeah. uh, winter, it can be cold damage, stuff like that. Um, but also just you might get you naturally get like weather altering abilities, but also you get different spells based on the time of the year. I'm wondering if we can implement a season sorcerer as an official homebrew subclass yeah. in this world. And a, one of the big common things is there's a lot of agriculturalists, farmers, but I'm going to call them agriculturists who specialize in growing the different uh, produce and whatnot. So like if there is three autumn months in a row, kind of like you were saying where, oh, it, it's a bigger celebration depending on how many autumns we get in a row. Uh, their whole thing is their power in that focus Ooh, has yeah. been stacking for a while. So they're just growing the biggest pumpkins or yeah. they're making the most beautiful uh, flora around the area. Like it is the most yeah. pristine, like New England autumn visual yeah. you can imagine. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I like that. It also planted an idea of what if there is a certain plant that like this is something that I imagine would grow naturally or maybe be developed by people like like cultivated that it can be harvested at any point. But the longer it's allowed to grow, the better. Right. Right. So like maybe when you have a harvest month, you plant. Right. You don't usually plant in harvest season. Right. But with this, it's like, well, if we can at least get this month. Harvest season is good enough for it to grow. But then if you get the longest growing period possible, and that could be a combination of, you know, summers and autumns. Right. Um, but it's like you kind of watch it and it goes as long as you can. And then you like harvest it. Right. Oh, but you, there's a push your luck element because if you get a winter, <laughs> it's dead. Right. Or so maybe you harvest a little bit at the much. end of each of those months. Yeah. yeah. What would you call that? Yeah, I like that. Like, I think harvest. you call it the harvest moon. Um, harvest moon. Host, harvest hosted moon. by the story of seasons. I mean, chamber of seasons. Yep. Um, I think it's, I, I didn't, everything doesn't have to be moon related just because there are 12 moons. Mm -hmm. um, and I mostly said that as a reference to the video game. Um, I do have a question though, and this might be the final wrap up to this uh, so we can actually get to the quest. Um, but this was relevant to a fight I was having with my family today, which is... Whoa. Oh boy, uh, here we go. Am I adopted? And and by fight, I mean it's like the fights I have with you guys about whether yeah. indigo is a real color, where I'm very passionate oh, about yeah. it. I remember there's that fight no, that like, There's no bad blood or animosity hungover, but I'm going to be... Yes. My family just gets very passionate when we're debating. Um, which is... Uh, and this is not witches. <laughs> witches. Are they real? Some are you for or against? Uh, Do they no. deserve to be burned? <laughs> Do you think the randomness of holidays would contribute to or prevent uh, what you get in real life, which is people starting to decorate 
in around like Halloween time with Christmas stuff. So like if there's a little bit more randomness to the holidays, you don't know whether you should start prepping your Christmas decorations. But when you know like, oh, in three months it's Christmas, start getting the Christmas music going and all that, it gets obnoxious. Are you um, suggesting that in, a, in the real world, there are holidays that are randomized? No, what I'm suggesting is, does the randomness of these holidays get rid of that problem? Because I, I want it to so desperately bad. That was kind of what I was saying, because I think yes. Like, I think, like, if you found out that in, in June, only on June 1st do you know that it's going to be Christmas on the 25th, then how would you have prepared for that? But I will, I will counter with this, that there are people... So the, the majority of people don't prep for a holiday more than a month in advance. Like, they don't pr start prepping until they Except know that Christmas, holiday is coming. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, but then you have some people that are so obnoxious that they just always stay prepared for a holiday year round in case it shows up. And those are the people I hate. In this like, world. they never take down their Christmas lights because you never yeah, know when it's like, going to be Christmas. I'm okay with. I'm okay with the Christmas lights out of laziness. I'm not okay with it if it's like spirit of the season year round yeah. sort of thing. But um, okay, I'm not disagreeing. I I here's here's the additional thing I would consider in the real world. Yeah, but if you lived in Chavalo, it's if and and things are always random. It doesn't seem like you would be surprised by anything. You would just always have things on hand, right? Be like, ah, it looks like we're doing this holiday this month. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd have to be more prepared if you wanted to fully celebrate the holiday. Yeah, you'd have to be more prepared. You, be you just wouldn't prepare like you wouldn't be able to prepare months in advance. If like like what I'm saying is, if we find out that a certain holiday is happening this month because of the season that's arrived, yes, we do have the things on hand, but we don't start decorating with those things until you know less than thirty days before the holiday. I think we would have to assume all holidays happen towards the end of the month. Yeah. Right yeah. to get you have to give to notice. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I think I honestly think if I lived in this world and I were you know running things, which I could be because we made this world up. Um, <laughs> I think that there would be a more routine, like uniform distribution of holidays, one per month. It's just I, a matter of what holiday think, it is. I think that's a good quality. I think in the real we world, should that's be, how it should work. I think we should be in the chamber of seasons. Really, we've already established there's a chamber of seasons. So yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I, to wrap this up, I do have a fully developed holiday idea that I would just like to uh, <laughs> okay, summarize. Go. So any time there is more than one winter within a three-month period, then on that second winter, the second week, you only get a week advance notice, right? On the, the, like, like the Monday, well, okay, the second week of that month, um, People are going to be feeling kind of like, ugh, winter again. I have like seasonal, like affective disorder because this season just got over with and it's still going. You know what I mean? The way you said so, seasonal affective disorder made it sound like you just made it up. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> I was trying to think of a better term for it. Like, 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 no, it's such a seasonal perfect term over, because over occurrence. The acronym is SAD, and that's how yeah, you that's do true. it. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that's my point, is that there is a holiday. Anytime that two wi winter months happen within a three-month period during the second one, they celebrate for an entire week to lift people's spirits and raise awareness about mental health. And it's called St. Vitus Week, and they celebrate it by Ooh. dancing nonstop in the town square Possibly until someone dies. You do love these throwbacks to our Perfect Brainstorm days. <laughs> if you haven't listened to Perfect Brainstorm, please refer to the St. Vitus episode. It, it occurred to me when we started talking about this that we had an entire episode dedicated to inventing a holiday. And that holiday yeah. was St. Vitus Week. A week where you dance nonstop in the city square to raise awareness about mental health. Until people potentially die. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm I'm not against this because especially here in Minnesota, we have five straight months of winter, and yeah, uh, it's the worst. It gets you. Oh, St. Vitus so Week was a great a idea. Off where we could just dance and be happy. Yeah. That would be great. It's like, hey guys, this, we know that you're sick of winter. World, we're gonna dance. This for a world week. sounds like a utopia. You get a winter reprieve week, and 
you don't have to worry about people decorating with Halloween uh, with Christmas decorations before Halloween, which is what my sister Amber did. And screw her because that's obnoxious. <laughs> if you're listening, Amber. Yeah. Yeah. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> you just got blasted on the air. <laughs> um, I also like the idea of St. Vitus um, week being a thing that very big in some areas, absolutely not done in other areas of the world. Right. But yeah. it, it does exist everywhere. But like, that's definitely one that requires some commitment. Mm -hmm. So like, maybe it's huge in the capitals, or maybe it's huge in you know certain. Well, areas, just depending. And on it's the also a holiday that has an added level of randomness, randomness because it only takes place when you have more than one winter within a three month period. Right. You might not have it. Every you might year. not have that every year. Yeah. Yeah. But the odds are the odds. Um, it's the odds a little are bit less. One thing that occurred to me: there is a situation where you would have advanced knowledge because if you have a winter month. Within, so in either month 10 or month 11, you know that 12 will be a winter month. So you know there will be a Vitus week. Yeah, that's, if you that's have one, good a winter in one of those earlier months. Yep. All yeah. right. So like, I, I think fun. we're locked in. I like the idea of predictability and unpredictability sort of coming together. Because that's, that's my job. This that's was a good, baby. this was we, a good Chamber of Seasons meeting. All in yeah. favor, <laughs> say aye. 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 Uh, in favor of, of it was a good meeting? Yeah, I am yeah. in favor of the fact that it was a good meeting. <laughs> All right. Shall we get down to business? meetings on good vibes. Yeah. We should probably go about it quick uh, with our character descriptions. But yeah, let's get going. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, as we learned in the uh, intro, um, camping is a popular pastime in the surrounding areas of Violet Valley. There's a lot of hills. There's a lot of uh, forestry. There's a lot of nature. So people will go camping on the weekends. A you know, lot of in people. medieval fantasies, camping is just home for some people. See, that's why that's why I think that it's something that people who live in the cities do. Because are you saying are you saying that like a thatched roof cottage feels like camping? I mean, I guess like technology wise, maybe I don't know. No. I disagree. Yeah. See. Yeah. I mean, I, there's something like, about a tent. Right. Yeah, and I and think just there's a lot of traveling people. And they're on the road more often than not. Some don't even have homes, so they're just camping. Anyway, that it's irrelevant. You you can't camp indefinitely, but we're talking about people who go camping recreationally on the weekends. They're supposed to come back at some point, right? They have work on right. Monday. So we have a lot of people around 12 different either groups or individuals or couples who have gone missing. Um, and they never returned from their camping trip. Now... There's been a little bit of investigation carried out by the authorities of Violet Valley, and they have located three of these groups. And one couple, one solo camper, and also an entire family of five have tragically been discovered dead around their campfires, and there are obvious signs of a struggle. In each of these cases, the victims had lard gat had lard. They had lard to make um, really good scones, and they also had <laughs> large gashes and wounds um, that would not simply indicate that they were killed by a blade or an arrow, but something a lot more savage and monstrous. But their body is their bodies are still there, like they weren't like well, taken away. Some were found dead after simply succumbing to these, you know, these open wounds. But some of them were found missing limbs that could not be located. Some of them were found, um, like, drug through the forest for a while, and then their legs are gone. And in the case of, like, this family of five, one of them, they did not locate a body. Ooh. And in every, single, in every single case, they have seen what appear to be teeth marks. Gross. All right, so. Or at least so we think. Who wants to go they first? They biting each other. So, yeah. So, do you love... Attacked. I do love that the theme of our episodes was to be in the capitals in the city, and Jake's like, "Nah, we're go we're leaving this city." <laughs> well, I, I, it does seem like but it's relevant we're talking to the city. People from the capitals, we're talking right? about people. people yeah, these are city slickers who have gone camping, and this has happened to them. These aren't nomads who live. They in the don't woods. know how to rough it up in the woods, is what you're saying. They, well, I mean, they might. They might have a lot of experience camping and be good campers, but they're from the city. They're, they live in Violet Valley, in in town. Okay. And uh, anyway, so the authorities in Violet Valley are assembling a team 
to investigate and discover what might be going on, what's lurking in the woods, and find a solution to this dangerous conundrum. Cool. Great. Um, yeah. Can I go first? You sure can. Yeah, go ahead. Because my character, I think, is already out there. I think, um, like, he, he very easily could have been one of these victims. Um, I don't think he's part of any, like, rescue party. I think he's going to run into the rescue party already out there. And he's, like, not, he doesn't know what's going on. Um, so my character is a professor. He is, uh, he's a professor of lunar geometry at Blue Moon University in Blue Valley. And he is a wizard. Not sure what subclass, because I was taking these notes on my way here. Um, <laughs> but he's a wizard. And he's, he's just, he's, this is maybe another potential subclass um, for this world that is like into studying the moon. I, I called him a moon tracer. There so is, if that's going to be something. There is a new sorcerer subclass that is a lunar sorcerer. But it does but sound like he's more, more wizard thematically yeah, in that he's studying. Definitely it. more wizardy. Because he is doing the math. Because when we established the whole there's 12 moons that move around the world at random... We kind of said, like, there could be some people that if they really studied out, they might be able to start to find patterns, right? Sort of a statistician approach. And so that's this guy. So he's got all these, you know, he's probably got a, uh, he's probably got both types of compass. He's probably got, you know, lots of maps under his arms and all this stuff. And he's just sort of out doing a sort of a survey study. Um, so he's camping, but he's not, it's not purely recreational, right? He loves being out there. But he also, he's doing his, his work. He's doing some studying. He wants to get on top of knowing what the next moon that's coming is. Okay. Because we, we've established, right? It makes a difference, right? Like there's difference in harvest and uh, that kind of thing with all the seasons. So I think he consults for the, the Chamber of Seasons. Uh, he's not on the chamber. Or, do you say on the chamber? That sounds like on, in the, chamber? on the council. But not in the chamber. He's not a member of, member the, chamber. of the chamber. But I think he consults. Yeah. Um, just cause he, he knows this stuff and he, he studies, uh, at Blue Moon University. One thing that, that occurred to me as I was writing this too, is the moons are all associated with different faces of the side of Shivalo. Have we established, can you tell, can you say like, ah, yes, that is the shooting star moon. That is the blue moon. But now if it's relevant to your character, I think so. I think they name, they have named the moon after the sort of crater patterns on that moon that you can see. And so I think you do kind of know, like, yeah, that one is the, that one's the one we call the blue moon moon, because it has a picture of a blue moon on it. And so yeah. he, he studies at Blue Moon University, that, that's sort of the, the patron it. moon of the university. The patron moon. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're in Blue Valley. So, so he's out there just sort of doing his job, and I think he's going to stumble into the party rather than, he's not a hero, right? He's out doing his work, but he'll, he'll, he'll help out when, the, when he meets the party. Perfect. Oh, and is he? Uh, his celebrity lookalike is Wallace Shawn. Uh, Wallace Shawn. Because for some reason, the first thing I thought of when I thought of like what's a character associated with like probability was he plays a blackjack dealer in Vegas Vacation. So oh, he looks I like love Wallace Shawn. I love. Does it seem like of a all the things you could have pulled Wallace Shawn from? Uh, he yeah. is a professor in Young Sheldon, which oh, I've not that totally fits. not watched, but I know he is in that. I have seen clips professor. of that. Yep. Um, if for those who don't know, this is Vizini from uh, Princess Bride. It's probably the most. Yeah, and I was gonna say, like in this world, he probably dresses most like Vizini out of all of his characters that are known. Probably, yeah, that feels the most uh, most appropriate. Or maybe his character from from Young Sheldon. Sure. Sort of a mix of the two. Yep. Or um, maybe his character from Toy Story. Maybe he does cosplay as a T Rex. You never know. That's maybe true. there are dinosaurs. So, um, did I say he's a hobgoblin? No, you didn't. He, I did now. He's a hobgoblin. And for some reason, I, I was like, what's a good hobgoblin name? The, the syllables that came into my head were Rombie. Well, I think his name is Rombie. <laughs> you know, Professor Rombie. Just Rombie. Okay. Professor Rombie, though. Dr. Rombie. Okay. Dr. Rombie. I, I don't I know why. It. I guess Rombus is a geometrical sounding name because it sounds like Rombus. And he, he's a professor of lunar geometry. So yeah. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Rombie. Okay. All right, his Ron. Professor Ron. And he looks like Wallace Shawn. Um, wait, did you say what his class was? He's a wizard. He's a. I'm going to call it a Moon Tracer wizard for now. There may be an appropriate um, subclass already, but I haven't looked at it. Um, or if, we may we may just make up the Moon Tracer wizard. If you pull divination as uh, 
in some regards, divination is tied to like moon magic in a sense of like yeah. drawing from the theory. We could maybe stretch it that way, but it could just be its own thing. And if you if you talked about it in like Harry Potter terms, I think of him more as arithmancy, right? He's doing sort of like the this math to it as well. There's some geometry, yeah. so. Okay. You know, I feel like something like a wizard that. for this, but I'll look it up while uh, Jake goes. Okay. Okay. Um, cool. My character is a female elf. Well, she is uh, prominent in her profession. Uh, she is like semi-famous in Violet Valley and surrounding areas. Like you, you would call her kind of like a, you know, people know who she is. Like, I don't know if people would refer, refer to her necessarily as a celebrity, but um, she has some renown. Okay. And that is because, well, she's a ranger, and she's a beast master. Um, her highest stat is uh, dexterity, but she's also pretty like, or, or sorry, no, no, no. Her highest stat is um, intelligence, but uh, she's also pretty even across the board when it comes to like dexterity and charisma. Okay. Nice. She is 25 years old, and... She is known around the region because she is somewhat of an activist for preservation and conservation of wild beasts. Okay. Ooh. Now it's this is kind of a like a like a family, um, not business, but it's like a like a family tradition that she got involved in because her father. Oh, I thought you were saying this is a family show, so I can't tell you all the details about my character. <laughs> No, I can. Okay. Um, not all of them. Some of them will, will leave to your imagination. But her <laughs> father, before her, was an extremely famous and beloved um, conservationist, um, beast master, uh, wildlife advocate. Uh, and he, he tragically died too young. And his legacy is now carried on by his daughter, um, Shindy Perwind. And ah, okay. This is the fastest I've figured out one of your one of your games. <laughs> one of my games. If you were to think of a lookalike, uh, like I said, not necessarily a celebrity lookalike, but someone who is recognized and people know who they are, it would be it'd be Steve um, Irwin, Bindi Irwin, the daughter of or Steve Bindi. Irwin. You, yes, right. You got it. So uh, she is. Uh, she's from Vi Violet Valley. Um. Well, no, she lives in Violet Valley. She's actually from the uh, wild, wild down, but, like, even more under the wild, wild. Like, <laughs> but even more under. <laughs> like, like down and under. That's so where farther she's... down from Reach? Yeah, like, under Reach. Okay. And so, oh, like, are we talking about the Thunderdark? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Do you mean down? We, we got to say that. I just mean that when people ask her where she's from, she says, like, oh, like, down, under. <laughs> Okay. Like reach, but more down. Yeah, but more, map, more down. I'm talking about map down. She's not from underground. No, Under no, no. is the downest down. most city in this world. Yep, that's Canada. That's now. Canada. We're, yep, <laughs> there is a town she's called from down under, under, and it is down and under. Down under. Yeah, that's the name of the town she's from, uh, okay. because it's the furthest. The furthest down. It's even more under um, reach. So. Anyway, uh, she, uh, last little detail about her. So, so yeah, like because she has some renown, people know who she is, and people know that she is kind of an expert when it comes to wildlife, animals, creatures, beasts. Um, she she has actually been like personally asked by the authorities in Violet Valley to join this group as sort of an expert. Right now, she's not necessarily seen as like a warrior. However, she is kind of seen as like a. Are we allowed to say this word on this podcast? If not, we'll edit it. But she's kind of a badass. I think that's it's fine. <laughs> cool. Sorry, any parents who are extremely offended for your children. I don't know how the explicit thing. Well, we'll bleep better. We'll silence it. <laughs> that doesn't. She is known as bit. super hardcore, um, because she is, you know, this twenty-five-year-old uh, uh, elf who will go out and take and like work with very dangerous creatures, and that's why she's been asked on this mission. And for her own personal protection, she does have an animal companion. Um, so that if she does find herself in a kerfuffle, she can have kind of assistance from her animal companion. And that animal companion is a, uh, it's, it's actually an, an animal that has been uh, developed specifically for this world. Um, it's called a drop bear. And drop? A drop bear. Oh, drop bear. Nice. 
it looks kind of like a koala, um, but it basically hides in trees, and then when its prey walks underneath, it drops out of the trees and, and bites <laughs> through its neck and, and bleeds it out. Surprise attack. And so she, she uh, has this drop bear that goes with her in case things get gnarly and she needs some assistance. But she is going to go on this expedition as the sort of um, beast uh, guide slash like source of intelligence and wisdom to sort out what beast this might be. And then also her, her whole thing is like she wants to make sure that we're not just going out to kill it, right? We're going out to... Yeah. To solve the problem and that might mean helping it because maybe this Rehome is it or, this is yeah. some animal that's in distress is her opinion and that is yeah. shindy Perwind. oh per wind with a d at the, end. D at the end yeah cool um i like so far i feel like uh you have a monster with you basically yep i am a hobgoblin which i think is considered one to be one of the monstrous races uh so so far we're looking good at dealing with a monster love it what was your race again, Jake? Elf. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. You're a regular elf. A lady elf? That's right. Yeah. And she okay, looks like I'll Bindi go next. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll keep this brief since, uh, so we can get to the quest. Uh, my character's name is <laughs> Fern McDerm. Uh, so, here we go. Fern McDerm is living out in the wild outskirts of Violet Valley, not in the city, on the outskirts. She will, she refuses to go into the city unless she absolutely has to, but does not like city folk at all. Uh, she lives out in the woods. She is a park ranger, which for her class translates to a hunter ranger. And she is a wood elf. And if you can imagine, she has the sweetest Minnesota lady accent. And I see you typing this out. It's Fern with an F. Uh, McDerm. Fern um, McDern? Like that? McDerm. Like D-E-R-M. Because her celebrity lookalike is Frances McDorman, which is uh, where a lot I was, of this name comes from. I thought you were going for Laura Dern. No. I, I, was, thinking, I, don't, I was thinking, yeah. I don't do the, the play on a celebrity's name quite to the level that Jake does. This is <laughs> the closest I've gotten. Uh yeah, for McDerm, the little Minnesota uh, Wood Elf. And by Wood Elf, I actually, name. I did write in my notes that she was actually, uh, she is in fact actually a stout halfling. I don't know why I thought she was a Wood Elf. So go Liar. ahead and scratch that. Just compress her. Um, and yeah, she's very much pregnant. She's like seven months pregnant wow. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Are we sure that's a good idea? Uh, it's a very good idea because she's basically the character of Frances McDormand from Fargo. And she's just going around and she's just solving the murders that are out here in the woods. And you, you betcha she's going to catch this murderer. But here's the thing. This Frances McDormand has a dark tinge to her. Oh, uh, no. She's very sweet, very nice. But she does have a little bit of a murder, happy-go-lucky aspect to her. Where she... Adores. Like she's into murdering is what you're telling us? Are you telling us she she's a murderer? She adores killing people if she can justify it. Uh, okay. She's uh, looking for an opportunity. Like, okay. She's a just sort of just like, give, me a give me a reason. Yeah. yeah. Give me a reason. And it's not even like she feels guilty about it. She just knows that there is some social construct of, oh, yeah, I I need to have a reason for this. So, like, if they're a criminal that's hiding out, if there's some dangerous rogue if they put up their their Harvest Moon Festival lights a month early, like, yeah, they deserve to die. So, uh. um, so it doesn't have to be a good reason. <laughs> this has to be a reason. It just has to be a reason that is valid for her. And yeah. so... She's not she's, in prison. She's, she's not in prison just because a lot of people I are I assume the killing is going on in the woods. The, the killings are going on in the woods, but she's not tied to these killings. Um... Says you. And here's the thing. The Chamber of Seasons kind of suspects something suspicious about her, but they're too scared to do anything Wait, about it. Wait, is the Chamber of Seasons in charge of investigating these murders? Um, I think they are in charge. <laughs> I think they are in charge of the park rangers because the woods to them oh, are very tied to seasonal change and whatnot. Yeah. 
Maybe um, anything outside of like the cities and towns, they have a little bit of jurisdiction over too. Yeah. So they do bring her on to this investigation because she's the only park ranger who's like, oh yeah, I, I'm more than happy to go look for this beast. I'm not scared of it. I'd love to kill it. All the other rangers are just like, no, I got a family. Like, this is well beyond my pay grade. And she says, like, yeah. Any, anything to gut it open and take out its intestines. Oh, I she's open that. about this. Oh, yeah. You betcha. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I'm just going to say it. It's probably one of us. <laughs> no, it's probably not my character, but he could have a dark side. Um, but yeah, so that's Fern McDerm. But I, I have a question about Fern McDerm. Um, when it comes to killing and her kind of, you know, passion for it, uh, is it, is it like specifically geared toward like humanoid beings or does she share that same feeling about animals and creatures? Oh, you know, sometimes the black bears, they steal picnic baskets from the locals who are traveling out. And so they deserve to be gutted. <laughs> I ask that because I do feel like we're going to have a bit of a bit of a conflict oh, between another, my character and your character. There's another Aurora Florialis and yeah. Steve Schreiber situation. It's just oh. it's just fauna instead of flora. <laughs> you know, if you mind your P's and Q's and tuck your shirt in, then we won't have a problem here. All right. Okay. Well, uh, should we start rolling then? I, I'd say so. Uh, yes. And on that note, my character, like my previous two characters, uh, in case you haven't listened to the other two episodes, are uh, all tied to, well, not like tied to each other, but they are all wildly magically touched, meaning oh, that's right. the moon dust influences them. And at some point in their quest, a completion a or how they resolve the task i will roll on the wild magic sorcerer chart and determine a random effect that will tie into how they complete or go about resolving their quest okay who wants to roll first um i i will go last just because i feel like my character is most likely the one to fight the beast or creature yeah. whatever it is that's true okay um how about I go first, and then I can sort of uh, meet, meet up with the group as part of the setup? Yeah, I think that makes sense. So, uh, Professor Rombi, he's been out here for a few weeks, and he doesn't know anything that's going on. He has not heard any stories. He hasn't found anything. He's, he's very focused on his work, right? Sort of an absent-minded professor type. He's, he's looking more at the moon than he is around the... Uh, I think he maybe went to watch the changing of the moons, right? I think that would be a big, big thing for this guy. So um, he's there because he wants to, you know, test his predictive models and see if see if the moon came up right. Um, and it didn't. He was fully expecting, based on his calculations, he was like, "This is going to be summer next month. It's going to be a summer. I'm not even going to. I'm so confident in my model. Not even going to pack. Not even going to pack my winter stuff. Why would I? Right? I'm bringing my my Bahama shirt." So he's there in his Bahama shirt and he 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 just sort of stumbles on on you guys and is like, oh, uh, oh, yes. Uh, what are you doing out here? And uh, he rolled a three. So I think I think I'm just going to interpret that as he's just going to be dead weight the rest of the time. Anytime <laughs> something goes wrong, he's going to be there somehow making it worse. You know, dropping his he's sort of the guy at the start of a disaster movie dropping his his papers and things like that. He's, he's definitely back for this party. No one invited him, but he, uh, he is here and he wants to help, but he will not help. <laughs> okay. I think I could go next. Yeah, or I think like. you need to. Yeah, because so the approach of um, Shindy is like she wants to be, like find out what this creature is and what's, what the problem is so that she can hopefully solve it through nonviolence and uh, keep the monster, um, you know, alive, but remove it from the situation so that it can't harm any more people. Okay. Now, she has met uh, the professor and realized that he is just kind of dead weight. And so she decides, you know what? Um, this might be perfect. I have an idea. And she built a campfire <laughs> out in the woods. Good. Um, she puts up a, a tent next to it. And then she tells the professor, just go, just go sit by the campfire. Just go, well, sit, all just right. go sit there for a while. And then she uh, takes her drop bear 
And she tells her drop bear to shimmy up into the canopy and to keep an eye out, right? Um, because she's essentially going to do, um, well, I'll just say it. She's going to use the professor's bait and um, <laughs> try to draw in whatever this creature is and uh, use her incredible intelligence to identify what it is and then um, try and decide what we should do about it, okay? Um, so that's what happens, and it's starting to get dark. It gets late. The professor is just kind of oblivious, sitting there, and uh, Shindy is also just kind of waiting. And then um, all of a sudden, they hear some brush cracking outside the circle of light, and uh, a figure starts moving toward the campfire slowly, right? And as it becomes clearer in the firelight, she realizes through her, her uh, you know, ability to perceive um, the nature of, of beasts that it has two legs and two arms. It's walking like a person, and it's uh, brandishing a knife, and it's sneaking up behind the professor, and then the drop bear drops right on top of it and disorients it. And there's kind of a kerfuffle, and it drags it into the firelight. And she realizes that it's the one thing that nobody ever wants to meet in the woods. Actual cannibal, Raya LaGruff. Raya LaGruff. So, you know, somehow I knew this was... When you sent the prompt, there was a tinge in the back of my brain that somehow thought of the Shia LaBeouf musical theme song. Well, I wasn't gonna. I was. And I was gonna stick to the rules. There is no possible way I should have thought of it. There is no possible way <laughs> I should have ever can. No one would have ever realistically predicted that Shia LaBeouf <laughs> would be involved somehow. Wait, but so somehow who knew Shia, who's Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> this is right. This, this is right. I LaBeouf. knew. Uh, I don't know if I'm so deep in your psyche, Jake, that <laughs> nothing surprises me now. Uh, in my defense, are you, are you saying you you didn't have a Raya surprise? I did. I had no Shia surprise. I mean, no Raya. Your character surprise. does have a, a gun to their head, and and there's blood or, or there's there's what's it, how's it go? There's de death in his eyes. Your head and there's blood in his eyes. Death in his eyes. I think. A death in his eyes. Yeah. So in my defense, this it did also occur to me, obviously, but I wasn't going to go that way, and you know I was going to follow the rules and. Shindy did roll a 16, which means that she nice. did perceive very well what this was, and that means that she gets to, you know, we, we determined this reality. And she's able to see that it is a human. And also, in my defense, there is precedence for a cannibal in uh, tabletop RPG games. And a cannibal is a warrior that has gone mad and has started to eat the flesh of his enemies <laughs> and even allies. They take pleasure in the hunt of other sentient and powerful creatures. Creatures driven by a desire to show that they are most deadly, ferocious, and terrifying. I even knew, like, I even had the thought of, is the Shia LaBeouf thing too niche at this point? Do people even know the Shia LaBeouf musical? Oh, people know. And I was like, that wouldn't stop Jake. But, but there's an important... There's <laughs> and, important and it did it. I, there's an it important... There is an important in-lore detail here. It's a human. Yeah. That is that is scarier. And when she's she's an elf, she's a conservationist. She's mostly concerned with creatures and, and beasts and this and that. When she identifies that this is a human, cannibal, actual cannibal, Raya LaGruff, she decides, oh crap, no, we gotta kill this thing. <laughs> and she rolled a sixteen. So her drop bear's working well, on it. But uh, We've gotta jump on him though. Yeah, we need to know we need to know Houston's characters move. Yeah, so I'm going to resolve this. this. It, it all hangs in the balance. We've got a 3 and a 16. That's pretty precarious. Here's the thing. I already calculated what our group average is going to be and whether we had a success or not. So I'm going to just go ahead and sum up the, okay. uh, the group, what happens to the group here. Because uh, Fern McDerm just walks in and is a little saddened that you guys left her out. A little bit, and I, I figure you, you guys are scared of her. Like she seemed really nice at first, but then you're like, no, she's a little murderous. Uh, and then eventually, uh, Shindy Perwin's like, no, if we're going against Raya LaGruff, we we need Fern McDerm, monster v monster. And so you do like your secret bird call. That's the signal to bring me in. Like, a, look bear, look bear. 
And so <laughs> McDermott comes running in and she sees the incompetency of uh, Professor Rombi trying to get out of his sleeping bag. And she's like, oh, nope, you lost your chance. It's time to die. And she stabs you in the head. Um, and then she Whoa. sees the drop bear and is like, oh, no, you're kind of cute. I don't kill animals, so you should run. Um, and then she sees Shinny Perwin uh, and goes, oh, you left me out of this too long. You should have gotten the rangers involved. I know you're a ranger, but I'm the ranger here. And then she stabs Shindy in the heart and then goes up to the bear is like, we're or the Shilograph, sorry, uh, and goes, oh, we're going to have some fun here. And she cuts off a hand uh, and he grows it back. And she's like, oh, I haven't seen that one. So she takes a swing at a leg. It grows back. And she keeps doing this. And then she's realizing her murderous methods are having no effect here. And the, for the first time in her life, she is frightened. Uh, and that's part of this is her wild magic surge. I rolled a 68, which is you are frightened by the nearest creature until the <gasps> end of your next turn. She becomes completely overwhelmed by this Ryle Gruff, which works cohesively with her two that she rolled oh, on no. her quest oh no <laughs> and at some point she just kneels down and goes i regret all my life decisions and then shia ryle gruff just twists her head off rips it open Whoa. starts eating it and then fade to black roll credits wow we'll never know what happens in the woods of violet valley man if i had a nickel for every time houston murdered her entire party on a bad roll that wasn't even a one. I'd have two nickels. Yep. There you but go. But it's weird that it's happened twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, sometimes man. the characters we create stem from aspects of ourselves. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess. and Raya LeGruff is, is on the loose. So Raya LeGruff may have to come back uh, yeah. in future episodes. As Cause a, he's on the loose. As and a I group mean, average, we did get a seven. So we definitely failed this quest. Oof. This, uh, was just a normal Tuesday night for Raya LeGruff. <laughs> we, we do need to name the weeks at some point, but uh, Tuesday's definitely going to be one of them now. Yep. Oh, no. In this world. Wait. Well, wait. It was what it was. But we did establish that Shindy's drop bear ran off into the woods. Yeah, I, oh, I let did. it go. So. And yeah, now the, I regret this. Survived. I regret this because you're going to do a whole Jed Amrite and just bring the dog in for the finale. You don't know me. Despite any logic. You don't know me. Uh, well, we're, we're gonna, not going to have that many characters to choose from because they keep dying. Yep. It's and only uh, once conclusion. this season so far. Yeah, that's true. It's still extremely dangerous to camp around Violet Valley. Yep. <laughs> the end. Yep. The end. Um, and that's our show, I guess. Um, check out, check us out. Check us Stay out. subscribed to our podcast. <laughs> check us out. Um, that was up and bye. <laughs>